Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to the 30th episode, Big 3-0, of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined as always by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba. Another slow week in cowboy football world, which, you know, sometimes with the offseason we've had, no news is good news. How are you guys feeling this week? I'm getting bored. I'm ready for some news. <laughs> no, hey, I feel good. You know what? Even though it's it may be slow for the football team, a lot of exciting things happening for other team. I would say, namely, women's basketball now. Punch their ticket to the big dance. They play, uh, I almost said Indiana. They play in Indiana against the U Miami on Saturday at 1 p.m. So, you know, they had a pretty, they had a pretty exciting Big 12 tournament. They won their quarterfinal game on a buzzer beater. Their only lead of the game. And then they they did not win against Texas, but that is okay, you know. I I think they could they could I think they could at least meet Sweet 16. I really do think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, half the battle is just getting in the dance. And I think after you're finished to pick, or you're finished, sorry, you are picked to finish ninth in the preseason polls. And here you are. Not only are you in the actual tournament, but Jay-Z Hoyt also becomes the first head coach to direct the program to the tournament in their first year. Right. So, I mean, that's huge. And their victory total also matches the most under a first year head coach with them going 21 and 11. So that's huge. That's major. And I love the direction that that program is going. Um, you know, it's you're kind of uncertain, unsure how it's going to work out when somebody is coming from a lower program and they're bringing in their transfers, their players that they know. But gosh, what a journey, what a season that it's been for them so far. And it only gets better from here, baby. It's March Madness. And I think for recruiting big picture, I mean, this was J.C. Hoyt's first year. I think I've heard there were only four or five returning players when she came. So there was a lot of transfers and mm-hmm. she brought a couple of players. Uh, she brought I think she brought Naomi Amadas with her, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say. I know she brought some people from um, Kansas City. But I think, you know, you see this team this year. And if I'm a sophomore, junior, maybe not a senior, but a sophomore, junior in high school and I'm recruiting in Oklahoma state was on my list. It's like, they might be moving up a little bit when you're seeing the culture that she's building. Fans are starting yeah. to show up, especially if they do make a run in the tournament and get to the sweet 16, maybe elite eight, you know, long-term that's good for recruiting in one or two years. Cause those are the girls that are seeing this program are like, wow, I want to be a part of that. So people yeah, need to be absolutely. patient. Be pa- I mean, they're having a phenomenal season, but I think people don't always look about like how that can impact the next year or two. So yeah, a lot, 
a lot can happen in one year. And I think the result of um, what she was able to do this season, what the team was able to do this season, only leaves for even more to be desired in the upcoming season. So I can't wait. I'm excited. We won't talk about the men. That is fine. We can we can leave them off. You know, I feel bad is what it is. I, they are playing in the NIT this week. They're number one overall seed. So um, by the Breaking time out. podcast is released, I believe they tip off tomorrow on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So by the time this podcast is released, they'll have already played. So we can't say too much about them. Hopefully they won and they advance and we can get a game in Stillwater because there's rumors of the second game being here because, again, people were – annoyed that the game wasn't here but we've already we're hosting ncaa wrestling out in tulsa so we don't have the staff for the facilities it's a whole thing um but hopefully they get that w and we can talk about them winning on the next episode or something that'd be cool <laughs> but uh yeah that's those we'll get into more athletic updates in our news and notes section but People love football. Football is just around the corner. I do guess, okay, the one exciting thing that someone just sent the the tweet from uh, Kale Cabinus, Cabby, he was just awarded a scholarship, walk-on player, awarded scholarship, uh, wide receiver for the Cowboys. Go on his Twitter. He tweeted out the video. It's really heartwarming. I think my favorite thing of watching a walk-on receive a scholarship is this teammates and his te- their teammates' reaction? You guys, what were your experience watching other people? Because you you've experienced that, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Not not personally. Like, oh, we were on the receiving end, but yeah. we were there on the team whenever other other guys got. No, no. So I I you know I walked on the team, received the scholarship. But that was before they used to make it a whole big deal about people actually going in, getting a scholarship, like not not making it a big deal. I shouldn't say that, like getting it on camera, announcing it in front of the team, everybody doing the whole thing. For me, it was I got called into the office, you know, Mac Butler's office, and they, they told me right there, hey, Eve, you know, we just want to let you know that you got a scholarship. here." And it was a great moment. I remember sitting there. And whenever he, he told me, it was like, yeah, man, this burden was kind of lifted off of my shoulders. It was really cool. You know? and, and I still remember that day. I remember calling my mom afterwards. It was a really, really dope moment. Uh, it definitely wasn't like what um, Caleb, Kale, was able Kale. to experience. Right. Yeah. So uh, people don't realize that the walk on grind is a different kind of grind. I mean, you're going through everything that the scholarship players are going through. And then at the end of the day, they get to go to training table. And you go the opposite direction and you have to figure out, you know, what you're going to eat that day. <laughs> Wait, time out. Time out. Walk-on players don't get training table? So in 2012, there was a proposal. And I, I served on a committee within the NCAA where there was a – it was called a full cost, full cost of attendance proposal where you would make food available for walk-ons as well as um, scholarship athletes – um, just the total cost of what it would actually cost to actually be, you know, a student athlete. And I remember sitting in those meetings whenever it was proposed in Indianapolis. And I was actually the person that just raised my hand, like just, you know, towards the end of the meeting. And I was like, can this whole full cost of attendance thing, can can this be applicable to walk-ons when it comes to, to food? And everybody just kind of looked around like, yeah. So they wrote it down. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, if this passes, this is going to be dope. 
and it ended up passing. So that's like my one little piece. I'm like, hey, I, f- I feel like I contributed to that. You know what I mean? Like we got <laughs> we got that. But no, we didn't get training table back then. It was like, yeah, we, we you had your meal plan and then you would have to go and find food on campus. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, Sorry, it I- was interesting, uh, especially whenever you don't have any money. Um, but yeah, it was a grind. Yeah. Everybody's like getting the nutrition they need and you're like, all right, I guess I'll go home and eat a PB and J tonight. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like that, that, the walk on ground was rough because, you know, whenever money is being invested into other players, they kind of take the priority over you and it's, you know, it, it can be a sucky feeling. And I think my experience was especially unique because I got to Oklahoma state on an academic scholarship. And there was one year where there was just a wonky rule. I can't even remember exactly what it was, but for that one year, I had to basically give up my academic scholarships or they would have take, been taken away from like the athletics scholarship fund. It was just a really weird rule. I remember talking to our director of football operations about it. He asked me, hey, you have to make a decision. Like, do you want to you know, keep playing football or do you want to keep this academic scholarship? I was like, oh, we're, we're going to ride this thing out with the football team. And they were like, are you sure? Like, you want to talk to your parents about it first? Like, I don't want you to just be making decisions <laughs> over here. I was like, no, we're riding this thing out, baby. I'm an adult. And then, <laughs> right. And I remember Coach uh, Bill Young, RIP to Bill Young, uh, our defensive coordinator at the time, at the end of practice, like he told me to stand up in front of the defense. He was giving a speech to the defense, and he just told him, here's a guy who's given up, you know, $16,000 worth of scholarships so that he could be here on this team. And I just want y'all to know, like, how good y'all have it. I want y'all to know that there are people who are making real sacrifices for the love of the game. So that was a really cool moment, you know, that he did that. But, yeah, the walk on grind. <laughs> it's tough because you don't even know if you're going to be able to play, you know, that, because other people are prioritized ahead of you. Yeah. It's such a different perspective, too. Like, if you're a walk on and you see these guys that are on scholarship – you know, they're getting tuition paid for, they're getting meals and, and it just makes you that much more annoyed whenever you hear any one of those guys complain, you're like, are you kidding me right now? And then and I'm not like hating on NIL or anything, but it's just completely different now. And, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. Like, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I'm just like, gratitude. Y'all don't even know, man. Y'all, y'all just don't, it's a, just a completely different world. You don't realize how good you have it. And, and so now, whenever I go back to campus, I'll talk to Rod, Rod Johnson, who's who's there now uh, heading football operations. And he'll always make sure to remind me, man, all the guys that were here, whenever you were here, that were walk-ons, those are the ones that really got it. You know, those are the ones that um, truly appreciated and were grateful for everything that, you know, they were able to get out of this. They're the ones that took advantage of their student-athlete identity and were able to leverage that into and unlocking other opportunities down the line. So he always likes to emphasize that. But that perspective, I think, goes a long way. Yeah, I had no idea because I, I played D3, so you don't – D3 is not allowed to give athletic scholarships. Um, and my college just didn't believe in scholarships in, in general, really. They gave it to, like, a tiny fraction. But I was recruited to play field hockey at a different school, and I was going to get an a- academic scholarship. So the beauty of that is if I decided to go there and I quit the team, I would still have my scholarship. So that's like the one benefit of, pl- of going on an academic scholarship is that you're not you're like, if this team is not for me, I don't want to be a college athlete. But I ended up not going to that school anyway and didn't get a scholarship and I just played. So, you know, <laughs> a moot point at that 
point. Um, but yeah, I had no, I just kind of thought that everyone on the team would get training table and all of that stuff because you're an yeah. athlete and you're still, you're going through the workouts, you're doing all of the work and putting in the effort. And okay. So I, I've spent the last day and a half with the cheer team. They are preparing for their three P Daytona and nationals. So go OSU cheer. Uh, but they are no, none of those athletes are on scholarship. Um, I'm not sure if they can also get training table. I don't know what the rules are because they're not an NCAA sport. But what I did not realize is that, and I don't know if this was a thing when you guys were there, um, they're working on trying to get the in-state waiver for out-of-state students. Do you know what I'm talking about? Slightly. As far as like uh, tuition? Yes. So apparently walk-ons on other teams at Oklahoma State, I don't know if this is everywhere or at Oklahoma State. I don't I don't know all of the, the details of it, but at Oklahoma State, they can get a waiver for in-state tuition. If the, you know, if you're coming from um, Arkansas to play football at Oklahoma State and you're a walk-on, you can get a waiver for in-state tuition. Okay, I like that. That's cool. Is my understanding. But the cheer team, because they're not an NCAA sport, I think they're NCA and a different organization, a different governing body. They're still trying to work with Oklahoma State to figure out what they can do. But when I found out about that waiver, I was like, that's pretty cool that it's, you know, it knocks something off. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a pretty recent rule. I think that um, came in play back in 2020, where students with athletic scholarships will be eligible for in-state tuition. I thought, but I thought it was only available for those with athletic scholarships. So maybe that's what they're trying to work around or trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that definitely was not the case whenever I was there. Cause I was uh, definitely playing an out-of-state tuition, believe that. Yeah. I mean, a lot, I feel like a lot of guys, you know, that we have that pipeline down to Dallas for recruiting and you're adding the out-of-state tuition on top of that. So if you're not on scholarship, then paying that much more which is crazy and price. probably in 2020 that makes sense like everything went virtual and you were probably studying from dallas anyway so well, might as well be the same cost for tuition speaking of putting the work we are getting close to spring ball that starts the end of this month students are on spring break this week and then you kind of hit the ground running when you come back that's right you guys talked about putting in the work. What was this time of year like? Because you've been training all off season and then finally you're like, yes, I can, I can play some football. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, whenever um, you're going into spring break, first of all, you feel like you are in the best shape of your life. After going through winter workouts with coach glass, with coach G, with that entire staff, you're like, okay, I feel as big as I've ever been. I feel as fast as I've ever felt. And I don't know if Coach Glass was serious when he would say this or if he was joking, but that week leading into spring break, we would just do so many core exercises, like straight abs. And Coach Glass would be like, look, we want to make sure that if you're going to be on the lake, at the beach, that you're representing the program well, that you are rocked up, got your abs showing. I'm like, I love it. I remember Mike Robb, and Mike Robb was was a running back on the team. He was like, hey, Eve. Trying to go to the pool and show some abs. Let's go to the pool and show some abs. <laughs> but yeah, like you felt good going into spring break. And then when it was time to actually uh, come back, you were like, okay, finally some pads are coming on and we actually get to play some football. I think it was a fun time of year because, yeah, I mean, Eve, you know, scout team guys, it's like everybody gets their shot now. 
uh, you're not beholden to reps for reserve for the first and second team guys. And you also get to wear like the legit Nike practice jerseys instead of the scout team, those trash jerseys they would make us wear. So for, for me on offense, I would wear orange Eve on defense wore white, yep. but man, those were just, it just felt so much better. You felt, you felt like a higher class of citizen wearing a proper, uh, proper practice Jersey. Yeah. No, no doubt on? about it. Do you ever try to just like sneak that home? No, no. It's got your number on it. They can account for all that stuff. So I have a Emerson men's basketball penny. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, especially not after practice when those things just smell terrible. I'm definitely not taking that home. Sure. I was like, I'm just not putting this. Well, we had to, we had to like wear the basketball ones for a hot minute, and I'm like, I'm not putting that back in the bin. I'm taking this home, and I threw something else in there. I was like, okay, great. Handed in my uniform. But, I love it. But no, like there's nothing like actually going into spring football. You know, you miss the feeling of, you know, competition. I think that during winter workouts, they try to cultivate competition as much as they possibly can. But, you know, it's still not football. And once you get to spring, now it's time to really set the tone for the upcoming season. You know, it's like, hey, what we did last season flush it it doesn't matter if we won the conference or if we were dead last right the atmosphere is always positive it's very optimistic every single team is undefeated and you know there are a whole bunch of new pieces a whole bunch of new players that you haven't actually seen them play football specifically so you're just like okay what what's this person all about you know so all these new guys who came from all these different programs you got a junior college all-american you got a linebacker from the university of tulsa you got underclassmen who didn't get to play last year but now they're going to play this year well guess what the coaches are going to be out there so now that the coaches are out there and they get to watch you play football for the first time live in person. Now you're like, all right, here we go. You know, this competition is what really breeds excellence and iron sharpens iron. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget watching, you know, I, I always go back to this, like Justin Gilbert going against Hubert Anyam, speed on top of speed, right? Size on top of size for skill position players. And there's nothing like making every single rep count because you're trying to get that starting spot. The depth chart isn't established yet. And everything is just all about, I'm trying to show coaches that I'm better than the next guy. Can rosters be made in spring ball? Or is that something that, you know, you could have a great spring camp and come in in late July, early August, and you know, you're a lock or, you know, can, can rosters be made? I know the rosters can be made and they're extremely fluid. So, right. But like, can someone earn their spot in spring ball? Or if you have a great spring ball, do you still need to show out in the summer? Look, let me just tell you, Justin, go ahead. And then, and then I'll go in. Well, um, you'd have to be talking about like a very high caliber of person. Like we're talking the Brandon Whedon's, the Justin Blackman's Lane Taylor's, you know, guys that, I mean, really had their spot solidified last year. And yeah, they're competing for their spot again, but it's kind of like understood. You're you have an expectation that you're going to be the first team guy. You need to the the bar is raised. So you need to be able to meet that expectation, or somebody else can come in and just as easily take that spot from you. So uh in a way, yes, 
you're basically just confirming what coaches are expecting of you. We have had plenty of people that would come in thinking that they're going to be the number one guy, the starter. I remember there was one year there was a guy named Malcolm Brown, I believe was his name. He was a cornerback, transferred from somewhere in California, thought that he had that number one cornerback spot on lock. By the time the season started, he was ready to transfer. Okay. Like it's it was it's a true competition. And I would even say that spring ball is significantly more important than the summer workouts, right? Because summer summer workouts are a lot less structured. You don't have supervision from the coaches for one. Only the strength and conditioning coaches are actually allowed to be out there during the summer. So, you know, they'll go out there. The, 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 the athletes themselves are leading position drills and things like that, but they're not wearing pads. They're going against one another, but it's really like a seven on seven. It's not real football. So, you know, whenever the majority of the coaching staff isn't out there, it's really just a way for you to stay in shape and stay in, you know, try to stay in football shape as much as you can. But spring ball is also an, an, an opportunity for coaches to see how well you learn. Cause now you're not relying so much on your athleticism as much as you're, you have to rely on your football intellect. So you have a whole bunch of installs from the coaching staff that are going in and you spring practice as all these different teaching barometers to strengthen the spirit of competition within the actual program and also simultaneously prepping them for the grind of the upcoming season. So you're getting that consistency in practice as well as just that schedule to figure out, okay, like who, who can be a consistent person when it comes to, you know, you know what the, what the regular season is going to look like. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing that we don't think about as players or fans, like all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes in spring ball. So you like you mentioned, like coaches have a 130 players that they have to evaluate. So the position coaches are essentially going to prepare like a 30 second rundown of each player in their position group and then meet with Coach Gundy and talk about those intangible things like the player's character, his attitude, his temperament, because those are the things that that's key for a player's development for them to know that information, what their learning style is and how they can develop them not only as a player, but also as a man. But really what it comes down to is like, is this guy going to be consistent enough to perform every Saturday? Can we rely on him to make the plays whenever it really matters? Yeah. There, there's so much experimenting that happens during spring ball. Uh, I think even players don't realize it, but like the coaching staff is trying to figure out, okay, which who's the better blitzer? Should we blitz from this side? Should we go on this side? Like they're all trying to secure their roles too. Like you got to realize there are a lot of unproven coaches that are coming into the program too. So they have to figure out, hey, does this scheme work for this personnel whenever the pads actually come on? Not everyone who was on the who was going to be on the 2023 roster will be at spring ball. You have some kids who are freshmen who have yeah. not graduated high school and they have to wait. How much is it, or how different is it between spring ball? Because you're talking about experimenting, but then you're bringing in some of these new kids as well. I mean, are they freshmen? Doesn't matter. Like, how different is it from spring ball to fall camp? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve. Um, I think one of the advantages of spring ball is when you get to see like the physicality, like, like right away, like who's going to be the physical player. Cause you know, like I said, things are so much different whenever the pads actually come on summer workouts or summer workouts. Like those don't even really count. That doesn't count as football, but fall camp is just, yeah. Nobody wants to be there. <laughs> like fall camp is when like the coaches. Are it just sucks. Yeah. 
And and especially back whenever Justin and I played, that's back when they could keep you there all day long, and you're <laughs> you're practicing twice a day, like two a day still existed. Those that doesn't exist anymore, you know. But back then it was just like, yo, you're in the facilities, you're around these same guys all the time. No other students are there on campus. Not even the other sports are really there. So you just get tired of seeing the same old ugly faces every single day. So yeah, but so the excitement of spring ball quickly dwindles during fall camp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you know, you kind of touched on it, Eve. Like in, in spring ball, you kind of experiment, you figure out what your strengths are gonna be. And I think maybe fall ball kind of shifts toward how can we exploit weaknesses of the teams we're going to be coming up against. So yeah. you're kind of preparing, you're, you're really focusing more on the details in your approach. Um, and because of that, it just can be that much more intense. You're not so much just going out there and having fun playing football. You're really focused on you need to execute this play a certain style of way. And we expect this of you. And then, there's also like spring, you have that chance to, you're sure you're working hard, but you're going to make mental mistakes and yeah. you might drop the ball or you might uh, run the wrong route. Pad it's, level. It's, People it's a forget matter, about pad level all the time yeah, when spring every, ball begins. Every spring, you just forget about it, right? Because you're, you're jacked up from winter workouts and you're not used to playing in your new body. <laughs> and it's kind of like, okay. Like through spring, we got to nail this down. So you can make these mistakes right now, but you got to learn from them. Uh, you got to figure out how to protect the football. I'm going to start sounding like Coach Gundy. It's like you got to you got to learn how to protect the football. If you're on defense, you got to create turnovers. You got to work hard, give yeah. good effort, and then you're going to win a lot of games, right? I mean, that's that's basically. I mean, it's so basic, but there's there are a lot of nuances that go into that. And uh, it, it's it's just a grind. Like it, it can be a mental grind, and you just got to be prepared for it going into it to come out of it alive. I remember there was one winter workout where I went from being 183 pounds to 197 pounds, oh. and I remember putting pads on in my new body, like Justin was just talking about, and everything just felt so weird. Like, I felt like I was running funny. Like, everything was just off. I'm like, yo, I'm not used to this. And, like, in hindsight, I probably should have never been that big. Like, if, if I could go back, I would have stayed around 185 to 190. Like, that's my sweet spot. But that adjustment. And then I remember you really start implementing um, special teams. So there was one play we were doing a kickoff return. So here I am. I'm supposed to join with uh, it was, his name was Teddy Johnson. He was another fullback that was on the team. And we're supposed to come together and we're supposed to wham and kick out the um, the gunner that's running down on the kickoff team. Well, in this particular drill, it was D'Lo, Daytuan Lowe, if you all remember him, uh, number eight, safety, Oklahoma State. So he's running down. Teddy and I come together. And I'm like, yo, I got this guy. You know, I'm feeling myself. I'm like, you know, I'm 197 pounds. What we think? Delo's probably like 209. And he's coming at me. I decide I'm just going to take him on straight on because I, like previously, I had just gone up against a linebacker, a linebacker who was probably like 240 pounds, and I held my own. So I'm like, oh, I got Delo. I got Delo. What do we know in football? The lower man always wins. Right? <laughs> the lower man wins. I just completely forgot that rule for whatever reason. So here I am about to engage on him, and he just blows me up. Like I go, I probably went five feet in the air 
And I'm like, how did this happen? Man. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot to get low. So, you know, just those basic fundamental things that you have to remember. Are winter workouts mandatory or is it strongly encouraged? Oh, it's a thousand percent mandatory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know. You, it's like, uh, do you do you want to play football or not? You know, I think it can, I don't know. It could be under the guise of like, it's, it's optional. It's voluntary, but you got to be there. I don't I don't even know the rule. Cause I didn't even think about it as an option. It was just kind of like, I I've got to be here. Yeah. I've I mean, never thought about it as an option. You know what? It might be one. Yeah. Like you said, like voluntary mandatory thing. It's like, optional, but you better opt in if you want to make the roster type thing. I didn't know. I mean, cause it could be, I, cause I know there are a lot of rules with NCAA where yeah. you can't practice a certain time, you know, you like, right. There's you like player led stuff kind of thing, but yeah. it's like, okay, like you yeah. better be out here. And, like, and that stuff is actually most, most so more so in the summer. It's like the summer, like everything in the summer is yeah. really just summer's yeah. optional. Summer's yeah. optional, but you better mm -hmm. opt in if you want to make this team. Because I think that's really what separates people is that you've got to have the motivation and the mindset to do that on your own because it's summer and no one wants to work out summer. You want to do well, nothing? Yeah, I mean, if anything, a lot of people go into it with the mindset. It's like, all right, well, I don't have this coach yelling at me. So I can just go out and have some fun now, right? And you you just go out and run your routes and you kind of hone your skills a little bit without having somebody breathing down your back. So yeah. But at the same time, to that point, if no one's breathing down your back, you might get a little bit lazy. Nah. And it's so it's so true. You practice how you play, and it's so cliche, but it is so true. And if you get oh, into yeah. bad techniques or not, like I know with lacrosse, people would always do like a one-handed pickup. And it's like you can't do that because you have no control over your stick. Like, yes, you can if you're just running around, but if you're going to one hand pick up the ball, I'm gonna check it out of your hand. Like yeah, you just gotta credit, you know, junior senior leadership, guys that have been there before, yeah. they'll they'll hold you accountable. So I mean Eve, I don't you probably remember this. Like, even if I would go up against, you know, Broderick Brown. If something, if I messed up, he'd just like slap you across the back of the neck or whatever. And it's like, ah, you know, so they'll, they'll get you where you need to be. Coaches aren't out there, but the, the leaders are. So, oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And I remember like my time to shine was always winter workouts. You know what I mean? Like in season stuff, you know, you kind of got to let the guys who the starters take it and, and, and take that role. But, for whatever reason, like work, winter workouts. So, so there was one year, I think I had just become a junior and coach glass kind of gave me the responsibility. He was like, Hey, this group right here, Batoba, it's up to you to make sure that they're right. So, you know, coach glass gives you that, that nod. I'm like, all right, you know, let's see what we can do. And it's almost like once he empowers you, all the new freshmen, especially like they just kind of follow suit to everything that you say, like whatever you do. So I remember just kind of taking it up to uh, taking it upon myself to just be that guy that was always, you know, some people always say like, yeah, I'm a leader, but I'm not a really rah-rah guy. I was the rah-rah guy. Like I was yelling. I was making sure, hey, sprint off the field. Like, because I, th I think that's what's required out of out of leadership. You know, like anybody can be a great leader by example, but that's expected. You know, I lead by example. That's expected. You almost have to be vocal in order to actually step into a different level of your leadership. And that's when you see the new leaders really um, come into their own is during um, spring ball, during summer, during the those fall camps. And those leaders, they end up setting the tone for everybody else that's new in the program. 
Steve. And like, that's something that comes with being with the program for a long time, like two or three years at least. And your position coaches know that about you. They've, they've talked to coach glass and coach Gundy about that, about you. And then sure enough, one day coach glass is going to come up to you and put that responsibility on you to hold others accountable in a way that you can. For me, it was more just like, you know, head down and show up, be consistent and not complain. So if there was any time that I ever did complain, um, like it, and it, it rarely happened to begin with, but the one or two times that it happened, like G was right there to put me right back in line. Cause that can't happen from me, from other players. They need to be able to see that's how I lead by example. So, yeah, I mean, that's why they get on you like that. If you, if you slip up. Yo, to this day, complaining is like my biggest pet peeve. I hate it. You know, I hate hearing anybody complain. And I'll tell you, there's um, th there was a good group of us. We used to have no complaint Tuesday is what we used to call it. Tuesday was the hardest day of practice. And we would always make sure it go if you can go an entire Tuesday without complaining about anything, then you're going to be good for the week. Right. It was a Bible study group that we used to have actually started off at mine and Justin's apartment with like eight guys and then it grew to like 30 guys, but it was always no complaint Tuesdays. And if anybody complains, then yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta check one another. But to this day, can't stand complaining. I'm laughing because I'm the worst complainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't stand it. Uh, no, Just gotta learn from Eve, you know, <laughs> like I, you're going to get I those no complaint Tuesday texts. From here I on have, out, I guarantee. Yo, still every now and then I'll randomly get a text message from Charlie Moore, and he'll be like, "No complaint Tuesdays." I'm like, hey, "Let's go." I love oh it. man, you should stay out of my text messages because I've been complaining all day. Well, you know, yeah, I'm staying out. <laughs> it would just drive me crazy. We're about to give you a lesson in cowboy culture this spring, Meg. So get get prepared for spring practice 2.0. I'm just laughing because, like, also at the gym, you know, if I'm lifting, I'm like, this is so heavy. This is so heavy. And I, like, complain throughout the lift. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. I do it. But I'm like, this is so heavy. And I don't like this. This is hard. Yeah. I tell I you still, what. The... I do it. I do it. I'll bitch the entire time, but I still do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, what's the point? You know, why, why, why am I going to complain the whole time if I know I'm just going to finish it? All you're doing is bringing the morale down, Megan. What are you doing? Or I'm cleaning <laughs> it up. I don't know. <laughs> Just... Hilarious. Sorry. I'll try to do better. I've gotten better. I there kinda... there definitely are like there were players like that, you know, especially like I said, and if they were on scholarship, it would drive me that much more crazy because like you guys oh, yeah. have everything. Don't complain. But and that's why, you know, in the sense of getting through winter workouts and how terrible they were i really did though i didn't think of it like that i, I really tried to embrace it because i loved pushing myself and growing and having that growth mindset because you know you really almost have to have a positive attitude if you want to make it all the way through so yeah and i will say once once winter workouts are over like once not winter workouts once spring practice is over you know the spring game is coming gone even though there's no spring game this year but you know once that's coming gone there's such a dead period between then and the end of the semester. And, you know, it's, it's finals dead for week. Like, it's dead for like a week, though. <laughs> like, 
it's not that. Is it, is it, it feels so maybe, long. Is it really it's like one or two, maybe, maybe two weeks, but yeah, maybe it, 10 days or something. Yeah. Cause then you take finals. A lot of people just go home afterwards. Like the workouts are voluntary. Go in if you want to. The coaches aren't really stressing it that much. But I tell you, that's a, hey, that's party time right there. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, that is party time. Get yourself ready. Once you get done with them finals, we turn it up. <laughs> I just want to say one more thing about the complaining. When I when I played on teams, when I and I was a captain of my college lacrosse team, I did not complain. I got I got people's ass in gear. And that it's like you just got to do it. We're running sprints, do it. Shut up and do it. That's yeah. so. When I was on a team, it was very different. Now, Megan, well, stop trying to take it back. Okay, you've already established <laughs> yourself. You are what you are. All right. I will own up to my complaining. I'm just saying, when I was on a team, I, I did not. But today, oh, if you go work out with me tomorrow morning, I guarantee I'll be like, this is hard. Respect, respect. But I do it. I show up. But Meg, you're on a team with your community and everybody you interact with on a daily basis. So you just got to not complain, be a leader, and lead by example. I try to lock myself in my office so I don't have to <laughs> interact with people. <laughs> hilarious i put on a great game face though when i'm out and talking to people you know it's it's, it's, my, it's mom, a skill. my mom gets most of my complaining and uh she's sick of me too so <laughs> you you know what's um sorry kind of going back to spring practices just randomly popped in my head it's always funny how like the first two to three practices the offense just dominates because i think those practices you only have helmets on <laughs> so it's like okay, you're just adjusting, and, and here just, we go. Here we go. Straight up offense, up and oh, down the field. Boy. And that first day that you have pads on, mm-hmm. and it's not even it's not even like the full full pads. I think it's quarter pads. Defense just out there hitting folks. Next thing you know, like pe- people got what T Rex arms. They don't want to reach out all the way for the ball. Nobody wants to come across the middle. Defense is lighting them up for the rest of spring ball, and you gotta love it. You gotta love pads <laughs> coming on. Uh, such a defensive guy. Ain't nothing like it, Justin. You can't even deny it. Defense wins championships. Listen, if y'all were any good, maybe you could intercept the ball every once in a while whenever it was just helmets. Well, see, I don't know what you're talking about because the defensive team that I was on actually led the nation in turnovers, right? We were four turnovers (laughs) away from setting the national record, actually. So you ain't talking about the squad that I played on. (laughs) I'm gonna let you two, you two fight it out. I'll just be over here. Uh, <laughs> Eve, you know, that same year, I'm pretty sure that the offense was, you know, top two or three in the nation as far as scoring points, total yards, touchdowns, they anything made, and everything. The Litnikoff Award winner probably should have been a Heisman Trophy winner. So maybe on that thing better. too, you know. You know I ain't mad and about I'm, it. Only, I'm just a notch below that. We're not talking like a major talent gap here. Not I'm at kidding. all. I'm kidding. With that, news and notes. <laughs> Big things happening in the world of Oklahoma State athletics. Uh, Todd Munkin is returning to Oklahoma State as a keynote speaker for the Coaches Clinic on April 1st. My question, guys, is this an April Fool's joke? Is he really going to come back? <laughs> April Fool's. Todd Munkin, please. After um, inevitably... You get to the Baltimore Ravens and your boy Lamar Jackson doesn't show up. Just 
quit right there and then and come back to Oklahoma State. Mm. Like just save yourself some heartache. Come back in black and orange. Let's get this championship, baby. Come on. <laughs> That'd be so crazy. That would be the meanest April Fool's prank <laughs> of all time. I just don't trust things happening on April 1st. I mean, like the coach's clinic is going to happen and he's going to be here. But it's just like whenever something's like, really? This is the day? This is the Yo, day? Yo, Todd Munkin really loves Oklahoma State. Like, it's actually pretty crazy. All these years since he's been gone, like, he easy. still has – like he, he's, he has a lot of respect for Coach Gundy. Always defends him any chance that he gets, right? Sticks up for Coach Gunny to, to the national media. And then beyond that, like the fact that he's doing this one year after being removed from the college game, like you can tell he has a passion for Stillwater, Oklahoma, and the Cowboys. And I can't wait until he is someday the head coach. Wow. Wow. Bold, <laughs> bold predictions. Bold predictions. You gotta speak it out there. You gotta, you gotta put it out there. Yeah. Speak it into existence. Well, that's right. Congratulations to our men's distant medley re- distance medley relay team. They won the national championship. They set the world record at the Big 12 Championships, I think, last month. Their first individual indoor track national title since 1986. None of us were even born then. So Not even me. Not even old man me. Mm. But Good job, guys. So congrats, guys. And also congrats to, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, Fuad Masaudi. He is on the men's track team, sophomore. He won the national title for the 3,000 meter. He finished in um, 748. 3,000 meters. Gracious. Almost, <laughs> almost two miles. That's 200 meters short of two miles. I'm like, that is insane. Goodness. Sophomore. What are we even talking about? Like, like, that's insane. Yo, I, can, my, I can't even wrap my mind around that right now. That's unbelievable. Yeah. You can't even Great go to God. the bathroom that fast. Seriously. I'm lucky if I can run one mile in that in that time, let alone let alone two. Yeah. On to softball. They moved up to number two in the national polls after a series win over Florida State last weekend. They dropped the first game and then they run ruled them in the second game and won the third. So congrats, softball. Huge win last weekend. Kyra Icock, Kyra Acock, again, sorry if I mispronounce your name, has been named Big 12 Pitcher of the Week. She tallied her fifth win of her career as a starter in the Cowgirls' run roll victory against Florida State. She allowed one run, two hits, zero walks, struck out five. And this is insane, guys. She kept Florida State batters. Their average was uh, 118. That's pretty. Yo. It's pretty, uh, pretty good. I just have one question. When can I go and buy my tickets for the College Women's World Series? All right. <laughs> I'm trying to get them things ASAP because you know OKC is going to be in that. That's exciting. I love it. I mean, number two in the country is awesome. Like no, they, They've been no. in the conversation for the last few years, but to be, you know, like that's, that's pretty exciting. And they're just yeah. a fun team to watch. No, absolutely. And the Women's College World Series is in Oklahoma City, too, right? So, yeah, yeah it should be a ton of fans. I mean, I know I'm, I'm kind of, you know, probably speaking out of turn, projecting too far into the future, but I believe. But not right? really. You know, it's like OU, OSU, and UCLA. It's kind of like those are the, the three best teams. So. Notre Dame. Shh. shh oh, okay. In softball. <laughs> yeah, it's like Notre Dame, University of Florida, Florida State. Like, you got some, mm-hmm. you got some legit softball programs over there. No, those are the only those are the only three teams. The okay, ones I just gotcha. said. Forget what I just <laughs> said. <laughs> I would just love 
to knock off OU. I just, just love to do it. Always love. a good day when you win Bedlam. It's coming. Yes. Mike Boynton's going to suit up softball. He'll be out there coaching. So Did it three times? It's a lock. Uh, and then baseball, a pair of Cowboys won or earned weekly honors. Rock Riggio. Rock. Big, like, that's my favorite name on the entire team. Rock Riggio. That's just like. Rock Riggio. You got to do something great. He sounds like a superhero. Yeah. Right? He, like, he should be in, in a Marvel movie. Like, that's just. Love your name. Uh, team high, 476 batting average, five doubles. Two home runs and four RBIs in the series last weekend against uh, Utah Tech, I believe they played. He went 10 for 21 at the plate, scored 11 runs. Wow. Stole two bases and played error-free baseball. Like, okay. Don't tell that guy that baseball is a game of failure. (laughs) He won't believe you. Facts. And then Warren Watts Brown, he was named Big 12 Pitcher of the Week. He racked up 13 strikeouts in six and two-thirds innings against Utah Tech, allowed just one run and two walks to lower his season ERA to 199, which ranks fourth in the Big 12. So, Not too many earned runs around here, baby. Lots of good stuff going on in the world of OSU athletics and we're excited to see you know women this weekend again 1 p.m on saturday facing off against the u university of miami you women's basketball let's freaking go so turn on your ladies well no sorry (laughs) wait turn on your ladies turn on the women's team sorry it's a big weekend turn on and support the women's basketball team. Wow, Meg. Sorry. Family show. Family <laughs> show. With that, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode <laughs> of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Like, share, subscribe, comment, follow, do all the things. Tell your friends to listen or watch us. I'm Meg, joined by Justin and Eve. Go, Pokes. Go, Pokes. Thank you.